You're listening to Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein on CBC Radio 1 and Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Today's episode, Who Wants to Live Forever? Monday. The laces on my shoes keep snapping. I go through about a half a dozen a week. And every time I tie them, I think, they can break right now. Or even now. It fills me with what the Germans call Welchmerz. And really, who wants to start the day with Welchmerz? I complain about the situation to my daughter Zuzu. You're pulling too hard, she says. Why can't you ever be on my side, I ask. If it's between me and a pair of shoelaces, you'll still choose the shoelaces. Truth is, maybe I am pulling too hard. Maybe I've somehow been endowed with supernatural strength. Maybe the moth I shoot out of my sports jacket last month was radioactive. Perhaps the ripping of my shoelaces is the first manifestation of my superpower, a superpower for wearing away at fabric. Later, I share this thought with Tucker. Your only superpower is for wearing away at people's patience, he says. As I am leaving his house and putting on my shoes, again my shoelace rips. You see? I say, feeling all vindicated. Tucker disappears into his house and returns with a bag. What is that? I ask. My shoelace bag, Tucker says. Tucker is a man who doesn't have an ice tray, a doorbell, or even a functioning smoke detector. But a shoelace bag he has. He pulls out a pair of thick laces the length of skipping ropes. These won't break, he says. They're for hockey skates. I lace them through my shoes and still have enough left over to crisscross up my calf like a Roman sandal. As I walk home, I try to convince myself that I am a gladiator. And for the first time in a while, I actually feel less anxious about my footwear. I.B. Singer writes of a Hasid who is so religious he wears two yarmulkes, one on the front of his head and one on the back, just in case. Whereas the Hasid is anxiously devoted to his religion, I am religiously devoted to my anxiety. All the same, I'm sure we both appear ludicrous in the eyes of God. Wednesday. It's the middle of the night and raining when I hear a knock at the door. It's Tucker. New shirt, he asks, walking into my apartment. The blue really brings out the despair in your eyes. You smell like pizza, I say. Thanks, he says. It turns out he's brought some over for me. He suggests I reheat the pizza, but I haven't any tinfoil for the toaster oven. Peel some out of a cigarette pack, he says. And while not being a smoker is pretty much always a good thing, in this particular instance, it means I'm going to have to eat my pizza cold. At the end of the movie Save the Tiger, Jack Lemmon, who in 1973 was already playing Sad Old Man, says that he, just, that he just wants the girl from the Cole Porter song, someone who can walk all night in the rain and still smell of perfume. If the smell of pizza is a kind of perfume, and I would argue it is, I guess I have found the girl from the Cole Porter song. Sadly, but maybe not so sadly, it's Tucker. I eat the pizza cold, and it's actually pretty good. Thursday. 
Tucker and I are supposed to go out for steak tonight. We frequent this place where the average customer age is 85. Going there makes us feel virile. But an hour before we're set to go, Tucker calls me up. I just don't feel steaky, he says. Unfortunately, there's no Viagra for steak, and so I put the phone down and decide to make myself a sandwich. Saturday, Tucker and I go for hot dogs at our favorite place. It is our favorite place because of the little touches, the sodas that come in old-fashioned glass bottles, the salt shakers made from baby food jars, and the way George, the owner, shouts out instructions to the counterman while seated on the toilet, which is actually about five inches from the last counter stool. When we walk in, it feels like the very smell of the place is clogging my arteries, clogging my arteries with joy. We eat at the counter in a silent hot dog trance. And when we're done, George adds up our bill on the countertop with a greasy little pencil that he then erases with the tip of his greasy apron. On our way out, Tucker gets one more bag of French fries to go. Aren't you stuffed? I ask. Well, these are just to keep in the car, he says, to sweeten the air, like potpourri. Five minutes into the drive home. We have eaten all the popuri, one jumping jack, one puff on a cigarette, and I fear that Tucker and I are code blue. I definitely have to change my lifestyle, join a gym, start cooking at home, stop seeing Tucker. Hello. Hey man, I'll be there in fifteen minutes. All right? Are you wait, ready? Wait, I'm. I, hang on a second. I'm not ready. I don't think this is a good idea. I'm in the car. I, I thought we were going. I thought we were going for lunch. I would go for something to eat, but I can't. I can't eat the way that we're eating. I can't eat. I can't eat pizza. I can't eat hot dogs. I can't. Why I, not? Well, you know, I was lying on the couch the other day, and I left behind a grease stain. I mean, I, I feel like I'm going to die. You need more ground beef in your diet. I, That's your problem. No, no, no. I, I hear it in your voice. You need more ground beef. How can you hear it in my voice? I can、I'm, hear it in your voice. There's like this, like this wimpy uncertainness in your tone that you think is going to be remedied by by by, by going by, the way of the beef. Yes. Are you moving for hot dogs? We can have hot dogs. I think hot dogs is a concession to health. Lucky then, pork. That's that's no better. You have to have meat with every meal. That, you need your vitamins. Look, I'm at a point where like I I hate to look at myself in the mirror. Like if I could shower wearing clothes, I would. You know, I'm tired of all this talk. I'm going to pick you up. We'll drive around a little bit. We'll keep the windows open. We can maybe we can smell something on the street that'll attract us. Well, why don't we take a walk? Maybe that would be nice. We get some exercise. Walk in a car. That's that's not a solution. If you want, I'll pick you up. I keep two pounds of smoke meat in the fridge for emergencies. What, what's a smoke meat emergency? Smoke meat emergencies when you feel like garbage and you eat smoke meat and you no longer feel like garbage. I mean, I, I feel like I need to change my lifestyle, and it wouldn't hurt you to change. So you're telling me you're, you're, you're quitting all this food that we've been eating for for years. I mean, I'd like to try and cut down. I mean, your mother didn't raise a quitter, my friend. You know, you just, you just gotta, you have to force yourself. You know, why, why would I have to force myself to do something so awful? A few heart palpitations, and, and you're ready to throw in the towel. That's loser talk. You are a terrible influence. I'm a wonderful influence. You're listen to you. You're, you're, I'm, I'm, you're, listen to me. Yes. It's like your words clog my arteries. All right. So what would you like? You know, I'll pick you up and we'll go wherever you like. Where, 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 what would you? What would you I, like? I, maybe something vegetarian. You know, a place where you can get a, a nice bowl of brown rice and maybe some vegetables. You know. You, you do know that fruits and vegetables, vegetables being considered healthy, has got to be like the biggest conspiracy on earth, well, right? A conspiracy. I mean, of, I mean, fruits and vegetables—they come from the ground. Yeah. Ground is covered with garbage and tire tracks and worms. Is that the kind of food you want? Worm booty?
You know, at the rate I'm going, I'm going to be food for worms pretty soon. Bacteria and germs, where do you think they come from? Fruits and vegetables. You ever look at an orange? What do you think it has like that, that turtle-like skin on it for? It's, a, it's nature's way of protecting us. Mm. So, I'm, I'm, you know, you don't realize it, but by shortening your life, I'm actually saving it. Oh, so you admit that you're shortening my life. Well, who wants to live forever? I mean, listen to the way you're talking now. You sound so new-agey all of a sudden. You know, new. I mean, I, I expected from other people, but never from you. New-age? Because I want to eat better? I thought we had this brotherhood of the beef. and, and, and Brotherhood of the... Now you're turning... You're, it's you're like turning, a suicide pact. It, it's not a suicide pact. What do you do? Like, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, like, people like ourselves, men of a certain age, have to start, you know, watching what they what they eat. That's all. Okay. Enough with all the fast food. I know. Mm. Maybe, we have, maybe we've been, you know, overdoing it a little bit. Maybe, yeah. Come over... I'll, I'll I'll make something for you. You know, I mean. You you're gonna make something. Yeah, if you want. You got ingredients in the fridge. Maybe you can make us a salad. You got any lettuce? Okay. You know what? I'll I'll, I'll go to the market before I pick you up. I'll pick up all kinds of God help me apples and fruits and kiwis. That and sounds bananas nice. Bananas and grapes. Ugh. Hey, there you go. I'll make you a fruit salad. Now you're talking. Oh God, I'll even wash them for you if you like. But you know what? You know what would be a classy touch if if What's um, that? with all the fruit salad, I'll put it all in a big bowl mm. and, and, and uh, you know I can make some corn dogs and then we can use what? those corn dogs as like chopsticks to eat the fruit Pogos. it'd be cool that's, because we could just eat the coffee afterwards that's disgusting Why is it, it's, it's, it's like a healthy compromise like they're, they're shaped like comfortable chopsticks deep fried hot dogs on sticks that is not a compromise how satisfying would that be you know you finish your fruit salad and then you can you know eat your, your corn dog cutlery that would defeat the whole purpose of having a fruit salad nothing defeats the purpose of anything no that's horrible that's awful Sunday. I'm lying in bed watching Taxi Driver on my laptop. The laptop is rested on my chest in what I like to call the deathbed style. By watching the movie in this way, I have come to see how it is not about the size of the screen in one's home entertainment unit, but about how close you can bring the screen to your face. Pressed against your nose, 14 inches is just like an IMAX, but the problem inherent to this method is that it is, that it is only good for one. Also, it is stupid-looking. Really stupid-looking. On top of that, watching in this manner, I cannot see Zuzu in the doorway shaking her head at me. She finally makes her presence known by attempting to shut the laptop over my face. Tuesday. Zuzu and her lab partners are doing their presentation on the history of chocolate at the school science fair. The judges are the grade 11 students, and so in a bid to woo them, they have decided to bake 150 marble-sized truffles. They have been sitting in our fridge all week, a post-it note attached to them that reads, Johnny, do not eat. When Zuzu comes home, she tells me her presentation was a great success. All the chocolate was eaten in just under 10 minutes. I ask her what the other presentations were about. Layla's group put a popcorn kernel in a hot dog, she says, and then they put the whole thing in a microwave to see if the kernel would pop. And did it, I ask? No, she says. Well, what was the scientific value of that experiment, I ask? And Zuzu shrugs. It seems to me like the kind of experiment that could only be funded by the baseball stadium vendors union to curb casualties caused by exploding hot dogs. Thursday. Zuzu has decided to start writing a screenplay for a horror film. 
It's about vampire babies who live in the sewers and attack through people's toilets. The only problem, she says, is that I have to keep stopping writing because I start to scare myself. That would be great for the trailer, I say. Get ready for a film so terrifying that the writer was too afraid to write it. Zuzu also wants to have a scene in the movie where the vampire babies do root canal on someone while riding the roller coaster, and that way no one will be able to tell whether the patient's screams are fun screams until it's too late. Zuzu says, "I can't remember the last time I fun screamed." I said, "I say wistfully," and Zuzu suggests I go check the mailbox for coupons. Friday. Today at school, Zuzu asked everyone in her class if they were to become vampires, whether they would bite their parents and make them immortal. Across the board, everyone said they wouldn't. They didn't want to be told what to do for eternity. She tells me at home. Personally speaking, eighty years is enough. Would you make me a vampire if I begged you? I ask. If I promise to move out of town and never get in touch? Zuzu considers the question. It would just make me too sad knowing you were out there but not calling," she says. Well, why would you want to be a vampire? I'm the one who wants to be a vampire. Well, I mean, there's certain advantages to being a vampire. I mean, they're 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 charming. Yeah, they're... you're still gonna think I'm 14, even though I'm like 300 years old. You're always gonna tell me right and wrong. I'm a vampire. I can do whatever I want. Well, what is it that you're gonna want to do that I wouldn't approve of? If if I wouldn't approve of it, you probably shouldn't be doing it, right? If you're too embarrassed to be like, doing it with me around. If I'm biting someone's neck, you're going to be like, "Did you、uh, wash the neck first before biting into it?" What what kind of? You're a vampire. Don't want your parents around. Like, vampires aren't necessarily great people. Right. So is it because that you may have to indulge in some pretty shameful behavior, and you wouldn't want your parents there to see it? No. It isn't. You see, you could have said yes. Yes. Don't you think it would be fun? We'd be able to hang out, spend time together. Go flying around together? I don't believe vampires can fly. Oh, you don't? Nope. Oh, I see. You're a skeptic, are you? I think they could run fast. Mm-hmm. But flying—that's getting a little ridiculous, right? Yeah. Immortality—that's within the realm of, you know. Yeah, you know, that would make sense. No. Why wouldn't I make a good vampire? Well, you'd be all depressed. Don't you think you'd want to die at one point? Well, I don't know. I mean, not if life. You'd have to、um, like change cities every every few years because you don't age. Why would I have to change cities? Well, because don't you think people will find it odd that you never age? Well, people kind of find that odd about me already. Oh, please! You look your age. Well, no. I mean, a lot of people, you know, are very surprised to hear. You'd be able to、ages. suck someone's blood. Will you be able to suck someone's blood? I'm living off of animal blood. You'd be living off of animal blood. Yeah, and like people who don't deserve to live. Would that sort of make you kind of like the equivalent of a vegetarian for for vampires? Yeah. Well, so so I don't understand why why else wouldn't I be a, a good vampire? You'd have to sleep in a coffin, and you're claustrophobic. Well, I mean, I, I guess eventually I get used to it. And, and you always fall asleep really early, and vampires stay up all night. Well, I mean, maybe you know, I could start drinking more coffee in the evenings. Well, vampires don't drink coffee. They don't. They they drink blood. Just blood. Yeah, because food tastes awful. It tastes like dirt to them. Really? N- not even like chocolate. No.、Nope. But don't you think it would be sort of nice to have me around? I mean, you had your time period. 
I did? Yeah, you Who did. Who are you to tell me I had my time period? You lived for like, you know, 90 years. Dead. You, had your, you had your life. A lot of people only live that long. If a vampire turned their entire family into a vampire, then we'd have an overpopulation of vampires. Oh, that's very practical of you. I didn't think of it that way, I guess. That kind of softens the blow. <laughs> if I was on my deathbed, reaching up to you, and I'm like, just bite my neck, bite my neck. You want to be a, you want to be 80 and be a vampire. Yeah, why not? You, what are you supposed to do? Going to flirt with people in the old age home? Oh, yeah, maybe. You nurses, I'd have, like, one of those long, those long capes and keep my hair slicked back. Oh, jeez. do all right for myself. Where do you get the blood from, like, the basement and the donated blood? Yeah, well, if it gets boring, I just, like, you know, pull out a, um, a wooden stake and plunge it through my own heart. That doesn't work. Well, though, that's the vampire legends that I grew up with. You know, the Bela Lugosi films? You ever yeah, seen those? Yeah, I know. And then all silver bullets. Oh, no, silver bullets for, like, it could be that, but that's more for a werewolf. Okay, fine. If you if you don't think I, I, I would make such a great vampire, all right, I accept that. But what about a werewolf? Running around, you know, and mm-hmm. on his own and Well, you're awfully hairy. Yeah. Got big eyebrows. Yeah. Back's hairy. Oh ear lobes are kinda hairy. Alright, very nice. Even your hands are hairy, your feet My are hand hairy. It's like hobbit feet. Very. That's a, that's a nice thing to say. Got hairy legs. Well, it's you know it's uh, we're, the gold scenes are swarthy men. Hey, have you ever noticed that the hair on your legs are starting to turn gray? No, I haven't noticed. That's not true. Yeah, it's true. It's not true. Maybe the gray-haired legs. Justin. Hi, uh, Justin Lowe? Yes, this is Justin Lowe. Justin, um, you're the executive director of the Immortality Institute. Yeah, that is correct. Which is a non-profit organization for the advocacy and research of unlimited lifespans? Yeah, unlimited lifespan. Meaning that you're working towards a point where people will be able to live forever? Well, you know, that's a difficult uh, terminology there. Living forever is the same thing as counting to infinity, right? You can't really ever know that you're ever going to be there. (laughs) But, yeah, that is the mission of the Immortality Institute, is to conquer the blight of involuntary death, to reverse aging, you know, and allow people to choose the length of their lifespan, if they wanted to live 200 years or who knows how long. Wow. And you see this as something that will be feasible in the foreseeable future? I do. Advancements are quite dramatic as far as stem cell therapies and genetic manipulation. You know, it's just culturally ingrained into people that you're born, you live, you die, and there's nothing you can do about it. But even in the last hundred years, the Mm -hmm. average lifespan around the world has increased by 40 years. So we will continue to see improvements not only to help people live longer, but also to even, you know, live at a younger age. You know, they might be 100, but they feel like they're 30. Hmm. Like it would get to a point where 
we end up, you know, a society of people living with our moms and dads until we're like in our early hundreds, still trying to figure out what we want to do with our lives. Yeah, you know, uh, if it would come to pass where we could rejuvenate people, I mean, obviously there are going to be radical changes in social structure and the way we look at the world. I mean, there's there's no way around it. Um, and how long would you personally like to like to live? Oh, I just would rather live without any defined limit. Just give me a ballpark figure. What are you thinking, like 400, 500? Oh, much farther than that. A as thousand? As, can think, as far as I can go. I can't foresee a date in the future where I would say, okay, I've had enough, life's been great, I've had some kids, I've traveled to the moon and Mars and beyond. Oh, no, it's time to go. No. But, I mean, there are people who feel that way at the end of a long, productive life, you know, where they feel like... Yeah. They've done what they want to do, and uh, they feel at peace with with their own death. The way I look at it, yeah, perhaps they say, you know, if I die sometime in near future, well, that'd be fine. But it's always sometime in the near future. Every day when they get up, when they wake up in the morning, they don't wish that, oh, I wish I would have died last night in my sleep. I don't know too many people like that, that they get up every day and they're like, oh, damn it, I'm alive. You know, I've had some bad weeks <laughs> and months where life hasn't been all that great. But there's never been a point where I thought, well, you know, oh, life, it's just, I can't wait till I'm 80 and I can just pass away. And, and how old are you now? I'm 37. Uh-huh. But I see a universe of possibility <laughs> right now. I, I mean, there's always something, there's so many people to know and so many places to explore. I, I can't even imagine getting bored and saying, uh, you know, at 500 years from now, that all of a sudden I'm going to be like, well, you know, that's it. I'm pulled plug. <laughs> no, I just can't see it. Saturday. While walking in the park, I try to imagine what it would be like to live for thousands of years. I wonder if after a thousand years, the little things I love would somehow lose their basic sweetness, just knowing that there were so many more centuries of them to come. Taking hot baths while reading drinking strong coffee in the morning, writing in my journal, eating matzo ball soup, watching Marx Brothers movies, spending lazy Sunday mornings at home. Sunday. Today, after eating breakfast and doing the dishes, I walk into the living room and find Zuzu watching YouTube. She tells me to come and watch. She's just discovered the comedian Mitch Hedberg. Although she has only just discovered him, She's already declared him her favorite comedian of all time because of jokes like this one. I was going to stay overnight at my friend's house. He said, you're going to have to sleep on the floor. Damn, gravity got me again. You don't know how bad I want to sleep on the wall. Mitch Hedberg had such bad stage fright that he often performed with his eyes closed. He wears sunglasses and keeps his hair long in front of his face like he's trying to keep a wall between himself and the audience. He looks so vulnerable, like he needs some kind of wall to protect him. Zuzu is watching an interview with him on YouTube, where he is describing a time when he bombed on stage. I thought being a bomb was good, Zuzu says. That's being da-bomb, I explain. Zuzu looks Hedberg up on Wikipedia, and is sad to discover that he died three years ago of a drug overdose. In the course of a couple hours, Zuzu has found and lost her favorite comedian. I scooch closer to her, and together we watch some of his stand-up on YouTube. I used to do drugs, he says. I still do drugs, 
but I used to too. Hedberg's use of the present tense, the way he draws attention to it, is sad and ironic. We watch him perform, drifting in and out of forgetting that he is no longer with us. And together, we laugh. My apartment is infested with koala bears. It's the cutest infestation ever. Way better than cockroaches. When I turn on the light, a bunch of koala bears scatter. And I don't want them to, you know? I'm like, hey, hold on, fellas. Let me hold one of you. And feed you a leaf. Why the koala bears? They're so cute. Why, why do they have to be so far away from me? We need to ship a few over. And I will apprehend one. And hold them. All right. And pat them on the back of his head. Wiretap today, you heard John Tucker, Arizona O'Neill, and Justin Lowe of the Immortality Institute. For more information on unlimited lifespans, visit immist.org. You also heard the comedy of Mitch Hedberg. For more Mitch Hedberg, visit mitchhedberg.net. Wiretap is produced by Jonathan Goldstein, with Mira Birdwintonic and Carolyn Warren. Production assistance from Crystal Duhame. Tune into Wiretap Sunday at 1, 4 Pacific Time, and Wednesday evening at 11.30. You can also hear Wiretap across North America on Sirius Satellite Radio 137. Reach us through our website at cbc.ca slash wiretap.